Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's broadcast, an episode, an edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. The number to get on the air is 303-995. No, no, that's not right. 303 303- uh, 690-3000, 303-690-3000, uh, and the number to text is 720-336-0897. I got all these numbers uh, in my head. I've been on the phone with Florida today, uh, where else? Uh, of course, here, Colorado Springs, uh, the office, had a Zoom, a call, uh, I don't know. I'd have to check. I've been on the phone uh, a lot of today, and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, all this working from home and and a lot of connection, um, but it's been good. 303-690-3000 uh, is the number to get on the air. Uh, you can text your questions as well. Texting, uh, it's not a voicemail box. It's just a text number, 720-336-0897. And we've also opened that up for Grace FM listeners, as well as our own church. We've actually put it out, uh, you know, social media-wide, that you can use this number as a prayer request. And so if you need prayer, uh, and you want to pray, you want us to pray for you, send a prayer request into that number. We we process it that way, and and then pass it on to men and, men, uh, men and women on our prayer team here uh, at the church. So 303-690-3000, uh, 720-336-0897, uh, taking your calls and your questions on this afternoon's edition of Calvary Live. You're listening to a live broadcast from the studios in Grace FM uh, in Aurora, Colorado. Um, but if you're listening on any other station but Grace FM, You're hearing a one-week delayed broadcast. That's how we deliver the show to the stations. It's one-week delay. So basically, how that works is when you hear the program, like right now, you can call and the host will answer, you know, the, the producer will answer the phone and you'll go on the air and you'll be just, for everyone on, online and everyone listening on Grace FM, they'll hear your answer and question and answer live. But for you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM, uh, Refuge FM, and many other stations around the country, you will hear it next week, uh, which is kind of cool. You'll get the answer now. And then when you're listening to the program next week, you'll get, it, you'll get to hear it again. So Grace FM is a live broadcast. Uh, and we're taking your calls and questions live. And anywhere you hear the program, when the program's on, call, because it is it is a live broadcast, except on those other stations you hear it one week delayed. So we always like to remind you of that. We also want to remind you and, and actually thank you 
for your continued financial support of Grace FM. Uh, it is, uh, we are very grateful to continue to provide this station, uh, very grateful to continue to have it on the air. And so for those of you that have given or continue to give, thank you. Uh, we appreciate your faithfulness as un, unto the Lord. I know that it has been hard for many because of the economy and the way the pandemic has changed. Um, but some of you um, have been able to continue to support, uh, and we're able to continue to keep it on the air financially uh, and do other things. So thank you so much for your faithfulness. And if you want to donate to Grace FM to support Calvary Live, you can go to our website, gracefm.com gracefm.com. And of course, if you're listening to this program on another station, please support the station you hear it on. Please go to the station that you hear this program on and support Christian local Christian radio. Uh, I know many of you are on here in Colorado, so thank you for supporting Grace FM. Um, but I'd encourage you uh, to support your local station because we all have the same uh, responsibilities of keeping the keeping the radio station on the air, but we're just churches. We're not uh, professional radio companies, uh, radio national radio stations. So I wanted to get that out as well. Wow, no calls. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. And you can text me at 720-336-0890. Seven, and the 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 program is open to any calls and any questions on any topic related to the Bible, to life, and growing in grace. And I'd love to hear from you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We are having our Wednesday night Bible study tonight at Calvary. Uh, of course, we're broadcasting that online for the time being. So you can go to our website, calvaryco.church and be a part of our online congregation. And we're going to be studying in the book of Daniel. We're almost done with the book of Daniel. Uh, and what a series of Bible studies it has been. Daniel is a favorite book of mine. Uh, I, I love teaching it. I love studying it. Uh, and I love people getting excited about prophecy uh, and what, you know, what, what God has to say about prophecy and his prophetic word that alone, God alone can predict the future with 100% accuracy. It's one of the most fascinating parts that validate the Bible. So much so that we have to mention again, I don't know if it's tonight or in a, pre, in a, in a future study, but Daniel was so accurate that the critics even to this day under, trying to undermine the authorship of Daniel, giving it a later date than what is commonly accepted because his predictions were laser-focused accurate. Uh, and, and the prediction we're still awaiting that hasn't happened yet is the 70th week of Daniel that we learned about in chapter 9 where God will then turn his attention for the final seven years of human history to the Jewish people and fulfill his promises that will lead to the greatest judgment of God upon the earth, the great tribulation period, 
which will lead to the end of the that the second coming which of Jesus Christ which will lead to the millennial reign of Christ on the earth fascinating stuff 303-690-3000 we're heading up to Fort Collins Josh Fort Collins welcome to the program hi there hey um you're on the air hi yeah i was just wondering if we could uh... If I could get a little prayer, um, you know, we've been praying nonstop, and our family and our church does with us, but, it, you know, it's always good to to just get as many people gathered as possible, and uh, we've just been a little concerned. It's not COVID-19 related, but there's just been a little bit of health issues between me and my wife, and we're wondering if we could get some prayer for our health and um, just well-being and safety during these times. Yes, we can do that. Father, I pray for Josh and his wife right now that are facing these unknown health challenges, God, a reminder of the weakness of our bodies and a reminder of the weakness of our humanity. And I pray according to your word, Lord, you you have described yourself over and over again as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You tell us in the New Testament that whoever's sick among us, that's call for the elders of the church and ask for the anointing of oil. And so I pray that in Josh's life, we symbolically anoint with oil uh, through the radio waves, Josh and his wife, that you might bring healing and comfort into their bodies and into their minds. And so I pray, God, that we would get a good report. And even with everything that's going on right now, that they would get the opportunity to, um, to see a doctor and to connect and be encouraged and strengthened. Uh, and we look forward to a to a positive report, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hey, Josh, I, I I felt like something while I was praying that I I want you to do. I, right. I want you to go. I want you to go to your kitchen. Is your wife home right now? She is. I want you to go to your kitchen and get some oil. And I want you, I want you to anoint your wife with oil. And I want to ask you to, you know, you, you and your wife can do this together. Like she would put a little, and it's not a lot. You know, we're not like in the Old Testament where you take it and pour it over your head. Um, you take a little bit on your finger and you could put it right up in the forehead or you can put it in the place where you guys are having pain or, you know, like it, because you're married, if it's a private area or something, you can put it, you can put your hand there, each, both of you, and you guys can pray for one another and in a very direct way, just asking the Holy Spirit, because oil is representative of the healing balm of Gilead, and oil is representative of the power of the Holy Spirit. And even though we can't uh, lay hands on you right now, you and your wife can lay hands on one another, and by faith, you know, sometimes just doing it is like an act of faith that God gives you to encourage you and strengthen you, um, and you can just do it with whatever oil you have in the house. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And keep us up to date, okay? I will. Thank you. All right. Thanks. God bless. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. We're going to move uh, same city, different person. Garrett in Fort Collins. Welcome to the program. How's it going, Pastor? It's going great. What's going on? I just—it's not going so great here, man. I—I I used to have anger issues when I was a young child, 
and that was before I found the Lord. And I've been walking with the Lord for about eight years, nine years, and lately my anger started coming back. Okay. And I and I can't like I try my best to control it, but I feel like the nicer that I am, the worse the world gets. Yes. And I just sometimes I I don't know, man. I got in a fight with my coworker the other day because he was bothering me because I was staring at him. Like I just I don't know, man. I need some answers or some direction or something. Well, we definitely are living uh, in some heightened. Uh, times of stress and you know the 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 idea of of having things taken out of our control uh everybody's got high tension so as a believer what you're experiencing is what the bible called an work of the flesh and one of the works of the flesh you're actually kind of experiencing two of them at the same time you're experiencing the work of the flesh known as an outburst of wrath and also a lack of self-control because the fruit of the spirit is self-control and on a on a so the solution for you is to continue to abide in Christ like right now right now you you're in a very controlled um in this phone call you're very under you're under self-control um obviously you're not being tempted right you're not nobody's messing with you um, but Correct. even if somebody was messing with you, you're in a p- position of control, and you want to continue to walk in that position of control. Um, anger, by uh, have you ever done any therapy for your anger? Has anybody ever talked to you about anger? No, I just, it probably comes from me growing up fatherless. Yeah, it, it's a control emotion. Um, anger has a way of being a tool that people use to control and and it, it's a it's a sin, it can anger is not all bad right not all anger is sin jesus had righteous anger uh anger that was directed toward god uh his glory i can't say that we always have righteous anger most of the time we don't but the anger is not you know we should be angry at sin we should be angry at at uh you know the the horrific results of sin so anger in itself is is an emotion that is neutral until until it comes out of us and where you know where it's directed and uh, and so as we deal with anger and you understand it as a as a control mechanism then you realize when you have an outburst of wrath you're attempting to take things under your own control and occasionally most of the time it works but occasionally you meet a guy where he's like I don't I'm not giving you any control and he fights back, you know, and then you find yourself in a fight because whatever you were trying to accomplish with your coworker, anger didn't get you there, right? Right. And you probably couldn't change him anyway. You know, whatever he's, whatever he's saying, you're staring at me and, you know, he's picking a fight and, you know, you're probably not going to change him anyway. Um, and so the best thing to do is to avoid him um, because if you engage him, then, you know, he wins because you fell for the temptation. And, you know, it's easier said than done. Maybe not, maybe everyone's listening and go, well, I would never fight anyone at work. Yeah, but we get mad when people are, when we're driving, right? When somebody cuts us off, it's the same emotion. Right. Um, and then, you know, road rage is when a guy says, well, you cut me off, so I'm going to speed up and cut you off uh, kind of thing. And and so we all have these this sense of on the edge in some way 
of anger, some more than others, of course. But the, the solution is for you to realize you don't have to, you don't have to give in to your anger. You, you, what if it's you don't, the harder kind ahead. of anger? Like, it's not like the surface anger, like where little things bother me. Like, I, I, I've been pretty good at forgiving, like at good. forgiving people, at forgiving things. Uh, you know, I've even told that guy a couple times, I try to joke around, try to calm the situation down. But he, like he went out of his way to go bother me at the end of work. And when people go out of their way to bother me or to harm me or my family or my loved ones or friends, that's when the anger that I don't want comes out. Like, I can't control it. Like, I have to... Does that make sense? It, it does, but it doesn't. Because, you know, you it's, it's like you... It's like you, you're like a pot of water, and most of the time, a pot of water on the stove, most of the time it is um, just sitting there, but when you turn the heat on, eventually it's going to boil over. And if you're not dealing with all the little areas of anger as they come, eventually you're going to boil over. And so, so let's go back, and let me ask you a question. If you were in my office, this is what I would ask you. You ready? Yeah. And just say the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Don't think about this. Just answer it straight up. You ready? Yes. What are you so angry about? What am I so angry about? I guess change. Is it change? Is it is that the really the root? Now obviously I can't take you through an hour and a well, half. I'm- it, it would be like the root, like the change is getting me stressed out to the point where I, it's hard for me to settle down. Like my anxiety okay. just won't settle down and it's leading to angry, anger, I guess. Okay. Have you, have you, so if it's just an anxious, out, you know, your kind of things are out of your control, a lot of changes are coming against you. Uh, like, are you able to s- step out of your environment? Like, I know it sounds silly, but it's really not. Can you go take a bike ride? Can you go take a walk? Can you get out of your environment and begin to take back control of things so you you don't boil over? I want you to really get that picture in your mind. I think that's the word picture you have to understand. You are a, you simmer most of the time in your anger, but if you don't deal with those simmering angers, you're going to boil over. And this COVID thing that. and being at home and all of this, it, it only adds, it makes that boil over point so much quicker. And and so if you're not dealing with the smaller things and not looking for an outlet, and I don't, I don't even mean like, don't be, you, you, what leads to a frustration is you know, like you go, I took a walk and it didn't work. Well, actually it did work for the time you took the walk, right? You thought it was going to last forever, but you're training yourself to live in the moment. And while you're abiding in Christ, Jesus said that the key for us is to learn how to abide in him, how to stay put, how to be in that place of trust and, uh, a, you know, really like just almost like the we have a stay-at-home order with Jesus, but it's a, it's a good one because there's so, um, there's, it's so beneficial that we draw our assurance from him and we draw our understanding from him and we remember his goodness and we learn to live in the moment so that 
we're not looking for a lifetime solution. We're looking to live now. And so when I'm, I'm bummed out right now, when I choose to pray, I'm not bummed out anymore because the Lord is ministering to me and I'm ministering to him. And yeah, I say amen and I'm bummed again. You go, oh, it didn't work. Actually, it did work because it, it, it caused you to go to him. It caused you to, um, you know, like, like if you were to avoid this fight that you were just in, uh, you're like, well, Ed, I didn't fight him, but, but I know it's going to happen anyway. Well, we don't know what's going to happen anyway, but we do know that you avoided a fight and that's all that matters. You avoided it in the moment. And okay. here's an exercise I've been telling people. Okay. Uh, I want to, I'm going to give it to you for homework. You ready? Uh, and so a couple of things. First of all, email me. I've got some resources on anger that can plant some seeds, and I'll send you some links to download some stuff just on the topic of anger. Let's start there. Um, you can email me at ed at edtaylor.org. Okay. Okay, and, I'll, and just say, just remind me of the phone call. We talked about anger, and, and uh, I'll, I'll respond with some links. And then here's your homework. Your homework is to take a piece of paper, Draw a line down the middle of it, and on the left-hand side of your page, write down the things that you don't control. And, you know, whatever you can think of. You don't control your hours at work. You don't control the guy that cut you off. You don't control the stay-at-home order and what the governor says. Just whatever it is that's frustrating you. Make it a list of frustrations because you're usually frustrated about things you can't control. and They have no control over. And just write them down. On the right-hand side, Write down the things you do control. And you'd be surprised, uh, Garrett, you will be surprised how many things you have control over. You have control over your thinking. You have control over the remote control of, of your TV. You have control over when you um, want to get a glass of water. You know, I, I know it sounds silly, but the more you write down, the more you'll see you're not as out of control as you think you are. Okay. You know, I can read the Bible when I want to. I can pray when I want to. I can... Go to bed when I want to. And even then you go, wait a minute, I can't go to bed till I get off of work. Well, the left-hand side is I can't control when I get out of work. But on the right-hand side, I can control when I am off of work when I go to bed. Do you get it? Because if you're yeah. not careful, you'll just, that the whole exercise will frustrate you. But you're going to train yourself to think differently. Because your mind is where the battle is. That's why part of the spiritual armor that God gave us was the helmet of salvation to protect our minds, to remember we're saved, that the power of God is ours, that we're new creations in Christ. And you're talking to a guy that also, before I was saved, had a very, very serious anger issue. And while uh, God has done a tremendous work in anger, uh, I still get mad sometimes. You know, it hasn't left me completely. I, there are still outbursts of wrath in my own heart or in my own mind or you know, especially in my, you know, if my wife and I are arguing, it might come out in my marriage. But the the reality is, is that, you know, what I, I used to be 99% angry, and now I'm 99, you know, I don't know, 98, 95%, whatever. I'm much more in the spirit than I am in the flesh. And so with that list, and it's a running list, the rest of your homework is this. On the things that you do control, enjoy them, thank God for them, and make good choices. On the things that you can't control, pray for those things and lay them before God and know that even though you don't control them, you are are in a place of surrender to him. You're in a place of enjoying him 
And again, you're training yourself to live moment by moment. And believe me, God will honor it. Okay. But it's like, you know, you get into a fight. Who who loses when you get into a fight? You do. Everybody. Yeah, and the guy doesn't care. You know, he's probably doesn't have a walk with the Lord. Maybe he's not saved. And then you blow your witness, and then you feel all condemned, and then you feel guilty, and then you get more angry. It just feeds on itself. That's exactly what it is. And... And it's just that self-control. Like, it's not even you biting your lip. You go, just, you know what, Garrett, just bite your lip. No, no, don't do that. Otherwise, we'll bite our tongue off, right? No, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So it's already yours. You just have to enjoy it. It's kind of like, you know, putting money in your pocket. Like, you already have the money. Go spend it. Enjoy it. Pastor? Can, can you pray? So can, I, can we pray? I am. You bet. I'm going to do that right now. Father, I just pray into my brother Garrett's life um, as he wrestles with a stubborn habit. Uh, and it's tied even to that question, uh, why is he so angry? And I pray that you would reveal to him the root that just keeps coming up, that he might be able to uproot this area of his life that you would transform him by the renewing of his mind, that you would remind Garrett the truth that he's a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That you would encourage him with this extra stress and pressure of the days in which we're in. And you add to that all the conspiracy theories and all the news accounts and, and then loss and grief and it's overwhelming, God. So I pray for my brother who's overwhelmed and living at the edge, like just ready to boil over, that you would give him that peace that passes all understanding, that would guard his heart and his mind, not only in this season, but you're training him for every season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Email me, man. I will. Thank you, Ed. Okay, God bro. Bless. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I would dare say that Garrett's question is asked by a thousand other people. Uh, it just, the, the levels of frustration and fear. And if anger is not your primary emotion, if depression is your primary emotion, or fear is your primary emotion, or anxiety, or perfectionism, or if you have OCD, any of that level of the humanity that seems to get out of control. If, you have, if you're an addict or you're a recovering alcoholic or you're a recovered alcoholic, like that, that part of you that's always on the edge or God is beginning to, like I, I reached out to a young man that I know has been struggling in this area and I just reached out to him recently. I, just, I was driving by where he used to live. His family used to live there and I was driving by and I'm like, hey, I remember so-and-so and I, I said, hey, Siri, uh, text so-and-so, how you doing? And, you know, and he responded back later in the evening that the, the time of the stay at home has been very, the beginning of it was very challenging because it brought out these temptations, but that overall he's doing really well uh, and he's been able to persevere and that was always encouraging. So you're not alone. Uh, in this wrestling, and and you're like, man, I I haven't been like this in forever. That's right. Now you have been tested. We're all being tested, and I'll speak a little bit about that. We've got a couple lines on hold, but I'll speak a little bit about that uh, at, in the second hour, where trials and 
testings, uh, well, I should say trials, do not create these things in us. They reveal what's in us already. We kind of blame, well, I would never be so frustrated if it wasn't for this crisis. No, 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 no. Actually, the crisis is just revealing to you how frustrated you really are. And it just pushed you, it, it revealed to you. It didn't create it in you. It's revealed it to you. And that's an important distinction to learn. And I'll, I'll show you biblically where the, one of the ways I, I developed that principle uh, in just a few moments. So we're coming up on the first and only break in today's edition of Calvary Live. And my name is Ed Taylor, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We have an open line, 303-690-3000. And you can text me at 720-336-0897. Uh, let me just say, before we left, uh, we were talking a little bit about anger with a brother up in Fort Collins and all the things surrounding anger and the predominant emotions and how how we learn in Gal- Galatians that anger, or what the Bible calls an outburst of wrath, is a work of the flesh. It actually is a work of our old sinful habit patterns, the way we lived apart from Christ. But now in our new nature, we've been given a new nature, a nature that's alive to God. We now can walk in the Spirit. And the power of the Spirit that's ours is that we can have self-control. Not the kind of self-control that we're used to where I'll just bite my lip, um, but rather a self-control that's settled, that comes from the inside out, that God enables us and empowers us, that he gives us not only the desire to avoid the fight, because we were talking a little bit how um, Garrett, I think his name is Garrett, got into a fight um, and just because he was angry. And the Bible tells us that the presence of the Holy Spirit will not only give us the desire not to fight, but the power to avoid it, just to walk away and trust the Lord. Um, and I And then I said this, I said, the trials in our lives don't create these things. We often will, we are so good at blaming and people can be so good at um, not telling the truth that they're so, they're even convinced that their excuses and their uh, inability to admit the truth is actually the truth. Uh, And like, for example, I wouldn't be so angry if that guy wasn't staring at me. No, actually, the guy staring at you revealed how angry you are. Like you're just walking around ready to explode. And and that opportunity of a guy staring at you or a guy making fun of you just push you over the edge. It sh- like like, like the, uh, another way to describe that is you're out in the garage and you're making something and you're pounding a nail and you you slam your thumb 
and out of your thumb you start cussing and you you know words that haven't come out of your mouth in in years start and then and then one of your kids runs out or your wife or husband runs out and go what's wrong what's wrong oh i'm i'm so sorry if i it's just that stupid hammer if i would have never hit my thumb i would have never cussed uh, actually that's not true because those cuss words were in your head all along you just have never there was never an occasion for them to come out but you've been cussing in your head for a while you've been cussing in your heart You've been dropping F-bombs in your own heart, and then the, the, the hitting of your thumb provided the outlet to reveal just how carnal your mind has been. And, and, and so my comment was, is that you blame the trial. Well, it's the COVID. It's, that's it. It's the governor. That's it. It's the conspiracy. That's it. It's Facebook. That's it. We're just so used to blaming other people for our own sin. It's not someone else's fault that you lied. You're, you're a liar, and it, you need to repent. It's not someone else's fault that you're angry. You're angry, and you need to repent. It's, and you could go on with a whatever list, whatever action it is, because the trial revealed it. The trial didn't create it. And here's one of the passages I would point you to. Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 7, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But, verse 26, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So here you have two houses that experienced the same storms. One fell and one stood. One was built on the foundation of the rock. The other was built on sand. And how do we know which one fell and which one stood? And how do we know which one had a rock foundation and which one had a sand foundation? It was the winds and the floods and the rain that beat on that house. They both happened. The rain descended, the floods came, wind blew and beat on that house. It happened to both houses. And it was through the storm through the trial that the foundation was revealed. And I know it's not always encouraging to come face to face with the foundation of our life or with the foundation of our wherever we are right now to be, come face to face with our own sinfulness and our own mistakes, but it, it's actually a good thing uh, to come face to face because then we could confess it to the Lord. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. Mike in Denver, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. I just, I want to, first time caller, I just wanted to say that I love your teachings, and I love listening to your sermons online, or, or on the Grace FM. Um, and I, I actually, I love the way the Lord works, because I wasn't, I was calling in to share something I had read in the scriptures with you, yes. and... uh 
I wasn't aware that the ward was going to touch my heart about the, the anger issues I've been feeling oh, wow. lately. So uh, yeah. my heart goes out to Garrett, and I just I, yes. I thank you for the advice because I think if Garrett and I really uh, apply that um, as well as prayer for each other. I think I think we can make some progress because I've been feeling a lot of that as well um, recently. Just sort of the first five years with the Lord, I, I was just overwhelmed with joy and dancing yes. in the street kind of joy. And lately, I've felt this anger coming back in and. Uh, Hearing you and Garrett talk about it really, really reminded me about what I need to review in my life um, and bounce back against the Scripture. So I thank you. Thank you so much for what you do. You're welcome. Um, um, so the first thing I called about is I wanted to talk about the coronavirus just real quickly. And uh, okay. I wanted to call you for a while on it, but uh, I, I don't ever really want to take up too much be a long-winded speaker, take up any too much time. So I, I always waited. But when I heard you say the phone lines were open today, I was like, oh, I'm going to call. <laughs> Great. So uh, so I asked the Lord to, if he was going to show me anything in Revelation about um, what's going on right now. And so I, okay. I started with the um, with Revelation 6, when the Lamb opened the seals. And I started reading through those. And the first one is the white horse and... It had a bow, and you know, and then you go on to the second seal, and the um, another horse red. So the first one was white, and then a red, and then the, the third seal, and uh, a black horse. And so I read through all those seals, and nothing stood out to me. Um, and so then I went further to when the angels started blowing the trumpets. I don't know, if blowing the trumpets, sounding the trumpets, and um, nothing stuck out to me there. So. I was like, okay, that's fine, Lord. Nothing stuck out to me as far as what's going on. But then the next morning, my Bible was still open to 6, and I read it again, and it said, and I looked, and it's 6-2, and behold, a white horse, who, he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering to conquer. And that didn't mean anything to me the night before, but then I thought, the very next morning, I go, oh, crown in Spanish is Corona. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying I stumbled upon something great here or anything, but I just I just found it interesting. And, um, of course, only the Father knows, but I just I wanted to bring that to your attention and see what you thought of it. Well, I think it's an—I th- I think you're right. I think you, you look at that word. I, I didn't—I don't know what it is in the Greek, but certainly crown from an English translation to Spanish is Corona— but I really don't think it has any significance whatsoever to the current pandemic. Everything that you read happens during the Great Tribulation period, and I don't think we're there yet. Okay. Okay. So just a coincidence. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a. I, I do appreciate that that sense of searching. I all the way up. Like I, I want Lord. Do you have anything in Revelation for me? Um, and and I, I would tell you. I would say this. Um, what God has for us in Revelation primarily is what church are we in of the seven churches? You know, because I think if you would ask everyone, um, because I think every church represents a kind of end-time believer. It represents a lot of things, but each of those churches represent an end-times believer, and I believe we're in the end-times. 
I think the stage is set for the Antichrist. I think the stage, I mean, even already the former prime minister of England uh, has already asked for a one world leader and a temporary, of course, but a temporary one world government, a one world leader. We, we see through this plague a picture of what it's going to be like when plagues run rapid during the Great Tribulation period. We can see how a government can control people. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can see uh, in this time period of you and I with our own eyes that no other generation has ever seen. No, Even I was watching this morning um, in my lunch period, I was watching a program uh, and it covered a part of the Great Depression uh, in the big stock market crash. Um, even what they experienced during that that economic depression and that difficulty it, they didn't ha- they didn't see what we're seeing today uh, they didn't see the technology that exists they didn't see the 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 ability to microchip people and to limit um, any type of buying or selling without taking the, a mark of some i mean we are seeing things uh, in amazing ways but i think god is using this time to say okay okay mike okay ed what where are you on the spectrum of belie- of end times believers and you know what mike i'll tell you what if i asked right now uh, and i i put a poll up on instagram what church are you what church are you 95% of the people would say i'm the church of philadelphia we're the the persevering church we're the church that's going to make it we're the church that's going to be delivered we're not going to go through the like, like we would get mostly i'm doing okay and but the lord allows these things to say okay now you're now you're in a, a situation you have no control over economically, physically, medically, governmentally, you have no control, at least to some degree. Uh, do you still think you're the church in Philadelphia? Are you the maybe you're the church of Laodicea where you're compromising or maybe you're the church in Sardis where you're uh, suffering um, and and I think that there is a word for us in revelation. It's it's like where are we in our walk with the Lord? And if we've been sleeping, it's time to wake up. Amen. So at any rate, I'm glad you're searching. I think that's really good. Do you have another question? I do. The, the second one is, um, uh-huh. can I say my church name? So uh, probably, but if it's negative, let's just leave it out for now. Okay. Good. Yes, very good. Um, I, I listen to your sermons, and you go very deep into the Word, and I like the way that Calvary does it, covering the entire Scripture. And um, I go to a church, it's a very big church, and I love it, and this church saved my life. Um, got saved there five years ago. Um, when I'm there, I sense the presence of the Spirit. I I feel overwhelmingly joyed. Um, but when they're teaching, they do not go into depth into the Scripture. Um, okay. I just I'm just really struggling with changing churches because I I kind of want to do something where I I go to the Calvary where they they're in depth in the Word, but I feel so not attached. What's the word? Um, like I owe my church because they've done so much for sure. me, and I can't just walk away. But at the same time, it's, it's such a big church that I feel like I can't make a difference. And if I voice my opinions about it, about the lack of going into the Word. Well, you know, God God has allowed a, ver- a variety of different churches for a variety of different purposes. And here in this particular fellowship, God used 
their style of teaching to apprehend your heart and bring you to a saving faith. Um, the problem, of course, is is that when it and and it's not unusual for a large church or even a small church um, to not have a commitment to teaching the entire Bible. And and I don't know if I wasn't saved in a Calvary Chapel, I don't know. Maybe I would have gone on with uh, a great hopping church that that does use the Bible but doesn't teach the Bible. And that's a there's a big distinction. That's kind of like um, you know, kind of like a restaurant that that microwaves meals or cooks something super fresh. I know you're still getting food, but it's very different. And that's how it is in the body of Christ today. There are many churches that I believe are are being used by God to bring about salvation, um, to bring about changed lives, to be that conduit between a lost person and the God of all creation. And, and through the true teaching and preaching of the gospel, lives like yours are saved. But the problem is that their methodology never brings a brother like you into maturity. And that's a problem. And you're feeling it now. Now, after many years, you're like, this is, I love this church. I love this place. I feel like I owe my life to this church. And, and I'm grateful. But man, I'm starving. Uh, it's, it's sort of like being on an island and all these rescue ships come for you and go, no, I like the island, I like the island, I like the island. And you just stay there eating the same coconut every day. And it's not bringing you to maturity. And it it doesn't necessarily mean the church is bad, although theologically, um, and not only, ortho, not only theologically, but in orthopraxy, how we do things, I would disagree on how to do things. Um, I would disagree with that because I think we should teach the whole counsel of God, the whole Bible, verse by verse. That way we touch on all the tough tough topics. We touch on every area related to life. Um, you know, sometimes that means it's not super exciting and it's not super flashy, but it's the Bible. So what do we need more than the Bible, right? Uh, and so with all that in mind, here's here are some options. Number one, you are a vital part of that church. So whether you feel like you wouldn't make a difference, you need to make a difference. And so you should talk to your pastor or your campus pastor and share this exact same thing the way you shared it with me. And and ask them, are you ever going to teach the Bible? Uh, why do you skip important topics? And their answer may be, well, we just believe God has put us here to reach the lost. And, and that's a good thing, right? I, I agree with that. Right. But then you should respond with, well, what do you do once they're saved? Because you can do both, right? You can reach the lost and you can feed the saved. And you could do both. And and here's probably what you didn't expect, uh, Mike, and is that is if the answer that they give you isn't changing anything, you should go to another church. Okay. I, I get this, you know, even though I'm committed to teaching the Bible, people leave Calvary all the time. Oh, I'm not being fed anymore. You're not, like it's, it's, like sometimes people just need something new too. Like maybe they can't hear my voice anymore. Maybe they just need, like, like they need a fresh voice in their life. They need to go somewhere where they'll be. They they won't be in a place a place of complaining anymore. Just I always tell them just go to a place where you can worship. It doesn't have to be our church. Uh, I won't be personally offended if you don't like my teaching anymore. It's okay because God's going to continue to use me on the earth the way He wants me to. And then 
you'll you'll start to you know people will have to just find a place where they can be best fed and if you're not in a place where you're being fed at all you can still be appreciative of that church and go somewhere else okay very very good advice it's gonna be hard Uh, i'm a very soft-spoken person and usually i i rather than confront a problem i just okay i'll just deal with it of course (laughs) so but i'll uh I'll do that. I'll let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. Um, What you should do is is script out what you want to say. And and so what that means is write down your concerns and then take your concerns and minimize them to just one or two things and write them down exactly as you want to say them. That way, when you go to the meeting and say, you know, I know this is kind of awkward, but because I'm a soft-spoken person and I just kind of, I, I wrote this down so I could say exactly what I wanted to say. Is that okay? And then, you know, the pastor will say, sure, read it to me. And and that way you can, you, even though you'll be nervous, your heart will probably be beating and, you know, you're, it will be a very difficult thing for you. I find that when I write things out, I can just then I won't veer off and I won't get all nervous and I won't stumble my words. It's very easy for me to take a piece of paper and just read it. Right. And that way you can then just say the, you know, you can start with, man, I love this church. I love what you guys are doing. I'm so glad I walked in here five years ago. My life has changed because the gospel is being preached here. And thank you. And let that be the first part. And then the second part is, you know, after five years, I've come to a crossroads. And then the pastor will say, well, what's that crossroads? Well, let me, let me share it with you. Um, I don't understand why we don't teach the Bible here. Can you help me understand that? And let him answer. And then the second one would be, um, the, the problem is I, I, I think uh, I need more or whatever, whatever it is. And that way you can just share with them very directly and you can be just straight on point and still be nervous at the same time. Yeah, I guess I'm. I guess I'm more worried now. I'm now now talking about that. Now I'm worried. Like they're going to say, "Well, sorry, but we're going to keep on this path because this is what works," and I'll have to leave the church. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most likely, to, most likely that will. I, I know. I see the name of the church, um, and so we're not going to mention it. But the producer put it in for me, and most likely that's exactly what they're going to say. But I don't want that to be a negative for you. Because that's what God put them on. In, in Aurora here for many, many years, uh, when I first moved here back in 99, there was a huge, huge church in southeast Aurora. And they were very seeker-sensitive, uh, very evangelistic, and they did the same series over and over again. And it was huge, overwhelmingly huge. Anywhere I went to talk, any Wendy's, uh, Safeway, it didn't matter. The whole city knew. They were on the news. Uh, they they were they were very effective in getting in bringing people to a saving faith. And if you would have taught, they don't exist anymore. Things happen there. Uh, the church is still there, but it's a different name and very different. They do things very different now. But the the reality of if you would have gone to them, and I knew the pastor personally, great guy, love the Lord. And if you would have gone to him, he said, no, this is what God called us to do. And, and they're just like, all right, that, that's not what God's called me to do. And so that's why we both exist together. That's why there's different churches. And, you know, that's, and, and no, they'll never, they'll never be in, like, 
well, not never, but the more times their body comes to them and says, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, kind of like a parent, right? Your kid, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. A parent might change their mind. And as you express that to the leadership, you may be the one where they say, you know what, this is the hundredth time this week. I think we need to talk about it in our elder meeting. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good point. Good point. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Pastor. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be listening, tuning in. All right, Mike. God bless you, man. All right. God bless you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, as pastors, it's very hard to accept the, that there are different churches in the community to meet different needs. So it would be easy for me as a verse-by-verse Bible teacher to be very critical of churches that aren't aren't verse-by-verse, but I don't want to be critical of them. They have their role. Uh, They have their place. Just because I did a podcast on this, actually, and not on this particular topic, but on this thought, and the podcast title was Different Doesn't Necessarily Mean Wrong. And I think we just make that leap sometimes where when someone does things differently that we almost automatically assign wrong to it or sin to it. And, I mean, isn't that social media, for goodness sake? Um, Everybody's opinion on social media, different is wrong. Well, different doesn't necessarily mean wrong. And yeah, you're right. I, um, I do things differently, but I do not have the reach that this other church has. This other church is multi-thousands of people and many campuses. I mean, I don't have the reach that they have. So God is using them in a different way. And God is using me in a different way. And another pastor listening at the Evangelical Free Church, God's using a different way. And our Southern Baptist friends, God's using a different way. Like, the different doesn't necessarily mean wrong. However, that doesn't mean you can't voice your convictions, too. Um it's just on the secondary matters, we shouldn't divide over them. We should complement one another. So I have some pastor friends that do things very different than me. They're my friends, and we serve the body together. And I'm grateful for their role in the body, and I hope through the ministry that I have that people will be grateful for our place in the body. But I, I know unless they're teaching rank, you know, I can't support false teaching. I can't support the health and wealth fake false. I like there's a lot of stuff doctrinally that I cannot uh, accept and will not accept. So that's not what I'm speaking about. But methodology and differences and yeah, they do things different. Like like I'll give you an example. We don't. Somebody asked me, Ed, how many people go to your church? Here's my answer. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, we don't count people, so I have no idea how many people call Calvary their home. I don't count. But I have friends that know every single metric of their church, like in and out, left and right, up and down. And it's different, but it's not wrong. There's some advantages to knowing those things. But see how God made me? If I knew those things, I'd worry about those things, and I'd think about those things, and I'd make them an emphasis, and on and on. So God, He's God loves diver- variety. God loves diversity. Okay, this brother's been waiting forever. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know how much time we have left, but let me get to Joshua in Denver. Joshua, welcome to the program. Joshua, are you still with us? 
I'm sorry, man. I know you were waiting forever. Uh, you talked about Second Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, is it uh, talking about uh, the rapture, the second coming? Uh, it depends on what verse you're looking at, but you know, all the way one through um, you know eight is the rapture. You know, talking about uh, us coming together, talking about the one that um, taken away, verse 7, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. I believe that's a reference to the rapture, so you just got to read it in context of where they're going. Um, but the Thessalonians is one of the churches that that Paul developed the doctrine of the rapture to, with, uh, and of course, when you look at First Thessalonians, um, you know that there's a very strong passage in First Thessalonians. Uh, I've been writing about this on my blog, a lot of prophecy. I've been doing a lot of prophecy updates on my blog, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. You can hit uh, the prophecy little button down there, and I've been writing a lot, and I continue to write a lot. So grief, life, ministry, leadership, and now prophecy. I just think it's important uh, to talk about the end times. We're in them, folks. Come on out online to our service tonight, 7 o'clock. We're going to have communion together. We're going to worship together. We're going to have a prayer together, and I'm going to teach a Bible study in Daniel chapter 10. All the information on our church, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. See you at 7 o'clock. Looking forward to worshiping together and looking forward to when this stay at home, safer at home, on and on and on is over and we can come back together as the church in fellowship. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining me today. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.